Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskaden coming to you live from North Carolina, and today is a day for us to be steadfast in what the Lord has called us to stand for, which is to pray for the office of the president and that this nation would get back to its destiny of being a nation that spreads the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And so let's mind ourselves being sober and aware about what is going on in this nation and around the world. And today we want to start off in 1 Corinthians 15 as we're looking at the understanding of the mystery of the resurrection as we see here. And I want to go through the, the last portion of this chapter and really understanding of why it's important for us to be steadfast in our prayer point today. And we go in and start in verse 50. It says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on the immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death. This is, this is the highlight here, the verse we want to point out. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. And that's the key point there. Knowing that our toil, that our prayers are not in vain um, as we, we've seen with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, 50 years in the making, um, other victories that have, have lasted longer, the prayers um, for those within the, the community of old, within the Jewish faith, praying for the Gentiles to come of faith, is those took years in the making. And so today we just want to declare that any unwarranted plan of destruction initiated by an antichrist system will be thwarted and ultimately to declare that death and the grave will have no victory. And we're going to apply this prayer point to some of the things the administration is doing, considering doing, the Senate is considering doing, and some of the bills and things that have been brought up by the House that are very alarming. So wherever you're joining us across this great nation, across this great land, let's go ahead and dive into the news. Okay. So 
We've been following this story in Russia around the release of gas through the Nord Stream pipeline. They're saying today that they are officially going to start resuming the gas supply to Europe uh, at a 40% capacity due to the fact that they're unable to service the entire pipeline because of the war that's going on basically and the backlash from that so we're seeing um the russia play this out now why that's important is because now the eu is asking its european members to basically ration off not just germany we knew that germany was the one saying hey we need to ration off we need to be able to make sure we have enough supply for the winter now um post millennial is reporting that the entire eu and european council is saying all european nations need to now start conserving gas saving up for the winter um because we don't know if we'll be able to get enough then so very interesting to see this being aware of what's going on not only abroad but here at home of the the concerns and things that are happening there now this leads towards president biden's um speech yesterday where he <laughs> took uh, air force one up to delaware to talk about uh the dangers of the quote-unquote clear and present danger our nation faces of not going towards uh electric and solar a uh, wind and solar um that we're at the quote-unquote climate emergency and supposedly he revealed his plan of how to combat this and he's talked about potentially declaring a climate emergency which would give him power short-term powers to be able to send funding into places that he would like and what is not being discussed and and, and in this in his plan and in his speech he talked about through this he, he wants to set up these cooling centers and providing for people to be able to have air conditioner and that seems nice and whatever but sometimes when there's most of the time when the government gets involved and, and funds things uh, money doesn't go according to plan we saw that even through the ppp loans um the mass amount of fraud there the even the unemployment loans that were given to states uh, most of it has not even been used. They're still holding on to it for what purpose? Um, it's just sitting in the state coffers for them to have a surplus to be able to do whatever they want to whenever they want to and to hold it on and, and, and to continue to give out government stimulus as they see fit. Now, the issue with this is that the national emergency isn't that we don't have enough energy. We understand that. We understand that it's in the ground we need to go get it number one but number two is the emergency for him and his administration and pete Buttigieg talked about this yes um past couple of days when he was questioned by thomas massey of kentucky of the emergency is the fact that the u.s electrical grid will not be able to suffice and as you're seeing in texas and california the massive amounts of energy that will come with number one even um not just having electricity for the houses but if even half of the households in the united states had an electric car to be able to suffice that 
need there. So the emergency isn't necessarily a climate emergency. It's an emergency of the electrical grid, which bears in question of whether the government should be getting involved in that. Now, you also have the president um, coming out in that speech talking about how he has skin cancer. And the problem with this statement is that he was trying to attribute his skin cancer, and he was a gaffe all over the place of making it seem like he had it now. But his doctor, um, the White House physician, said that, no, it was before he was presidency. Okay, let's say that's true. Okay, he had it before. His own doctor is saying that it was attributed to the fact that as a young man, as a child growing up, Joe Biden didn't wear sunscreen, as most didn't back in the day. And even today, some don't even. Uh, kids don't wear sunscreen that much. He's attributing it to the oil and gas industry in Delaware and the plants that's there and saying that this is what caused my skin cancer, even though that's not legitimately what he said, but that's what um, his communication team is coming out and saying. It's very problematic because even before this, you have said that it was because you didn't wear sunscreen and everybody knows that your physicians and everything says, and and they're going back and well, you know, sometimes you just makes gas. He just says this type of stuff. This is very alarming, but we we'll be aware of and, and understand the truth on this situation now. So there are other things um, Biden administration are seeking. I want to go through these real quick is so he's also considering uh $37 billion to fight crime and ultimately to hire, I think 13 of that billion is supposedly to hire 100,000 more police officers around the country because as you see, crime in blue areas, blue states, blue cities is ever increasing because of the lack of lawlessness and releasing criminals back into um, the streets. You're also seeing the White House consider uh, declaring a national emergency over abortion pills. We, we've seen these things. There's more and more um, increase of trying to do this as they're trying to figure out a way to combat the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the state's powers that are given. That's why is we just simply want to cover these ideas um, coming out of the White House of just declaring that that these unwarranted plans that are from initiated by the Antichrist system will be thwarted and declared death and the grave will have no victory in the season ahead as the the White House continues to push for this. And even this, you know, um, national emergency over the abortion pill goes against state laws. A Democrat, again, a Democratic governor in Louisiana signed a bill to prevent this very scenario from happening. So this is Democrat on Democrat problem here. Um, so we want to be fully aware of this situation coming out of the White House. Now, let's shift to the Senate and the House. So we're seeing a lot of these same type of issues come up before the House and Senate. The House is going to rush them through. The Senate's going to kind of put a pause on um, pushing these through. So, so we're seeing this. Now, there's another vote that um, – because of Clarence Thomas' comments, which sparked a lot, um, the House is considering a bill to codify access to contraceptives, um, which, based upon, past, based upon past cases, Clarence Thomas said, we might need to go back and re-adjudicate these cases because of how it was ruled. 
And one of those is about access to contraceptives, which is why President Biden is trying to create a national emergency uh, in order to allow those and prevent companies who send these pills out from being uh, prosecuted via state laws in certain states. So it's very troubling to see. Um, there you're also seeing a huge, huge issue on what to do next in the Senate on the gay marriage bill. And the reason I want to bring this up and talk about this a little bit is because the Democrats understand and they, they're pushing, highly pushing for a vote in the Senate just to see where, number one, where Republicans are at, cause division on the campaign trail, and also to possibly get it passed through. Um, I mean, they're either way, no matter what happens, this is very positive for the Democrats because we're seeing the crack in the Republicans' armor on this issue in the fact that some who probably should not have in certain states um, voted for it in the House did. Now what does that mean going into the Senate? And I want to say this is their mainstream media has it meticulously noted of where exactly these senators lie. Um, the Hill has it broken down into diff five different categories. Uh, the first ones, uh, which are likely yay, um, who they have it as Senator Collins from Maine, Rob Portman of Ohio, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Tom Tillis of North Carolina. The second category they have is the ones that I support same-sex marriage. And I have gay friends, but don't want to reveal my stance just yet, which is Roy Blunt from Montana, Joni Erst from Iowa, and Tommy Tummerville of Alabama. And it really should be two categories. You're either for it or you're against it, period. But they have it down to five. Uh, number three is this bill is unnecessary at this time, but I really don't want to reveal where I stand, which is Senator John Thune of South Dakota, Mitt Romney of Utah, and Chuck Grassley of Iowa. The fourth category, the eh, check back tomorrow, I haven't read the bill group, Senator Bill Burr and Pat Toomey of North Carolina and Pennsylvania, respectively, who are both retiring, which is a smaller category. And then the last of last, and not, but not least, is this is a waste of time. I'm a hard no crowd category of senator, people like Senator Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham. I point these five categories out to say that Democrats have a ground plan and, and, and there's noted GOP political pundits who are strategists who are saying Republicans don't want to talk about this. This is how Trump handled it. This is how others within his advisory panel and 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 a lot of people that uh, Christians look up to, when given this question of where do you stand on gay marriage, they don't say whether they agree with it or they disagree. They said that's a settled matter. We don't talk about it. They shun it away. They don't want to acknowledge it on not only a political grounds but a moral grounds, um, which is very very troubling and disconcerting to the Lord and should be disconcerting to every believer um, who wants to uphold biblical moral values. And the best thing that can happen is a delay in this situation. And in reality, now on the campaign trail, something's going to come up. And Politico pointed out that even Susan Collins, who 
is sponsoring this bill in the Senate is saying, there's no need to rush this. We need to make sure we get this in the proper context and, and uh, in the bill and voted forward. And so we want to make sure that we're praying death to these, these plans that come from the Antichrist spirit system uh, that we pointed out earlier, because uh, this is, should be tr very troubling for every believer uh, who wants to uphold biblical moral values. And, and I want to point this out to see where everything lies and to see what's going on in the season ahead. And, and while we're in this season of the dire straits, if you listen into our, uh, our podcast about that, where the enemy is more active now doing things, is you're seeing that right now um, as we're walking out that basilisk spirit. And um, one last thing that we want to be aware of is that uh, Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, and Senator Joe Manson of West Virginia have unveiled, quote-unquote, a strategy to make changes to – they're calling it the Electoral College, but it's really – the ability for the vice president to object or have a question like Mike Pence could have had on the previous election. And they're basically saying they want on paper the law to say that it is basically just a ministerial type of role, do anything, he can't overturn it. And this is where the lie is being pushed is the lie that is coming out and continuing around the January 6th issue is that President Trump was telling Mike Pence that he had to overturn the election and just say, we're going with these delegates. That's not what the law says. The law says that Trump should have and most likely did say to Mike Pence, and from all understanding of this case, is that he should have questioned the delegates that came forward based upon the lack of evidence to 100% confirm the true vote that happened out of most some states. The media spun that and said, well, Trump wants to overturn the election. He wants Pence to overturn it based because he wants to win, win the election. We said it here. Uh, most objective people who understand the situation said, look, we want the true vote, however it, the results ended to come out. There are questions that need to be answered, and still in some states, it has yet to be answered. And so they're trying to create a problem where there, a problem doesn't exist. And all the authority that was given from the founding fathers on – or from the earlier fathers of this country of the Electoral Count Act, which would say to – allow the vice president to say to the states is, hey – before I confirm this, let's double check and make sure that this count is right. And there was that the original elections were wrong. Then that's where the opposing um, electorate vote would have come into play. And so they just basically want to say is is there's no checks and balances on the states if there are issues that arise. And this is where. The issue arises of at the state level, this thing needs to be dealt with. It needs to, the, the power to confirm electorates needs to stay in the states. You don't want the federal government to have that. But at the end of the day is you, you would hope, and this is where having a, a self-regulated moral and upstanding people comes into play. And if you don't have that, you have problems like we have today. 
of those who, when their issues arise, who are only going to want to push their agenda and, and are only going to want to protect themselves and not look objectively at the situation and actually try to go find true justice and true truth. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that if, if it's not going to be done in this lifetime, then as they're standing before the throne of heaven, it, justice will be served. So we want to um, pray on that issue that our current Democrat and Republican congressmen and senators stand for the original intent of this nation and are aware of what they're pushing forward and hopefully can have an awakening um, to the realities of what is going on right in front of their very eyes. And then lastly, I want to point this out. This is an opinion piece from Newsweek from Christina Francis and Catherine Glenn Foster on talking about the other options other than abortion for mothers who are at risk uh, with a child while they're pregnant. The only option is not abortion. The other option, and in most states, it is required um, to possibly separate the child and the mother in a safe manner and try to keep both alive before harm comes to either the mother or the child. And they go through and point out and they say, yes, the title of it, doctors can still save pregnant women's lives without abortion. Who would have thought? I want to read the first couple of paragraphs of this because this is very enlightening. They say, we are now living in a post-Roe Wade America and women are already being bombarded with heavy-handed pro-abortion messages suggesting that abortion bans will block access to authentic medical care and treatments. That is very true. My wife has been receiving some of those messages um, and people pushing her to stand for you know, abortion. Very just disconcerting and, and, and troubling. It goes on to say, women in states that enacted legislative protect life, fear-mongering pro-abortion voices shout won't be able to receive treatment for pregnancy complications that thousands face every year. From ectoptic pregnancy to miscarriage, recent news articles predicting rising maternity more maternal mortality rates describing a world in which doctors' hands tied by austere abortion restrictions have no choice but to look away while other parent patients die of cesspis or hemorrhage. Basically, they just, they're just going to have to die, and that's they have to deal with it. Fortunately for American women, these narratives reflect, at best, a misunderstanding of the facts and, at worst, a deliberate distortion of the truth. And that's, in most cases, what is going on. Is It's a deliberate distortion of the truth from mainstream media, and then it's as it makes its way down, it's more of just a complete misunderstanding of the facts. And in reality, a post-Roe world is much brighter for women and their children. It is one where the dignity of both their lives is respected and where they can receive real health care, not band-aid abortion. The main problem for pro-abortion narrative is that abortion is, in fact, not necessarily to treat pregnancy complications. According to American College of Obstetricians, uh, OBGYNs basically, um, and induce abortion is a procedure intended to terminate a pregnancy that it does so that it does not result in a live birth. In other words, the specific purpose of an induced abortion is to end the life of a pre-born child. From a medical standpoint, this is never necessary. This fact is clear. In the case of miscarriage management, which is no way involves ending a life, 
only the removal of an embryo fetus who is already deceased in if the mother is not able to pass the child. Some most cases they are. I went through that personally, so I, I have per firsthand knowledge of this. And I want to read this last one. Last paragraph. Of other difficult pregnancy conditions may require doctors to separate mother from her pre-born child to save her, but this is not the same as an abortion. For example, even Planned Parenthood acknowledges that managing an ectoptic pregnancy in which the embryo implants outside of the uterus, often causing life-threatening hemorrhage, is not an abortion. I've seen this screenshot from Planned Parenthood's website of them saying the act that actual thing and it goes on to talk about other things and the reality is that even Planned Parenthood acknowledges that an elective abortion is solely defined as the ending of a pregnancy that's from Planned Parenthood so these lies coming out from the media um, not even Planned Parenthood themselves it is very troubling and disconcerting and causing fear in women and in causing a ruckus, best way to put it, for this situation. And the reality is we need to be able to have a debate on solving these issues and educating people that, look, there are other options. If there is a complication, the only option is not abortion. Medical procedures, science has advanced well enough to where if there is potential harm to either the mother or the child, they can both be separated and their lives can both be saved if possible um, unfortunately it's not always the case in some situations but it is a reality and in this is a a great piece shining a light through the darkness through the clouds through the murk through the trees however you want to put it onto this situation that more people need to be aw made aware of and yes there's a lot of chaos going on out there and a lot of things being spread but this is one of the truths that need to be spread about the realities of the options that women have if there are complications and they need to be made aware of so blessings i want to end on that for today and let's continue to remind ourselves to be steadfast to not give up an understanding um, that our toil is not in vain in the lord and so let's be sober and aware standing on this hill shining a light to this nation so that the gospel of the kingdom can be spread. So blessings, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.